You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 38, Use Good Words. Have you ever felt trapped by your life circumstances? Like you're trapped under the weight of the world instead of being on top of the world. Today is part two to a listener question I received, and I'm gonna share my second tip for getting unstuck. As you may have gleaned from the title, it's all about how you talk. Don't be surprised if the way you talk aligns perfectly with how you feel about life. We'll learn why and how to use good words, even when you're not feeling it, so you can create something better. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my book, Living in Your True Identity. It's available on Amazon and filled with 21 tools to help you live life as the best version of yourself. Thank you to all of you who have left a review for this podcast or have shared it with a friend. As you may know, I am not active on social media. This is a deliberate choice that helps me to have the creativity and focus to make this podcast the best that it can be. So the only way this podcast grows is by word of mouth. It's by you. Thank you so much for taking the time to share this with your friends and support this effort. I love you for it. Today's review of the week comes from Ash E. Arnold 6. She says, Brooke is changing my life. The tools she shares in her episodes are unlike anything I've found in other podcasts or books. There is power in the truth she is teaching and it all comes back to the power that comes from the Savior Jesus Christ. He is the one who can change us. And I'm so grateful that she brings that focus. Each episode I've listened to, I think, okay, that's the episode I'm going to write a review about. No, wait, that one. I can't write a review on just one takeaway because each has had a powerful effect on me. Thank you, Brooke. Sending hugs, gratitude, love, and light. Ashy Arnold 6, thank you so much for the review. I'm so grateful that you point out that the power comes from Jesus Christ. And although many of the things I teach can be categorized as self-help, it's so important to me to bring the gospel into the conversation. I've had people that I love and trust tell me that my audience would grow a lot more if I took that out or at least tried to be more mainstream about it. And yet, like you say, that's where the real power is. And honestly, my favorite part of teaching is connecting the dots of self-help to a gospel foundation. So thank you so much for your review and reminding us where the power is. If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. Your reviews, your ratings, your shares, this is what makes this podcast possible. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing. Today's episode is part two to a listener question that I received. She asks, how can I keep pressing forward when I try, but for years, all life gives me is two steps back. How can I keep going up that hill when I keep having landslides? Now, to be honest, my first response to this question is what I'm going to talk about today. But when I went to prepare this podcast, I knew there was something else we had to speak about first. There is a proper order. Last week, we talked about taking care of your basic needs. When we take care of our body first, it's easier to take care of your mind. If you missed that episode, check that out first. It's episode 37, Your Body Comes First. 
today's response is to what comes next. (laughs) Take care of your body first. It's easier to take care of your mind. So let's talk about the mind. And in particular today, let's talk about your words. My coach, Brian Johnson, he teaches that in general, people speak two languages all over the world. Only two languages, he says. The first language is victimese. And as you might guess, this is the language of being a victim to your circumstances. The second language is onish. This language, the words that are spoken are by those who own their circumstances and own the power that they have to create their life. Now, the truth is, We all speak both of these languages at one time or another. We have all spoken victimese. The challenge is to become more fluent in ownish so we can create a better life experience so we can be the master of our life. Now, this is a topic that I feel so strong about. I created a free course all about how to create your life. It's called The Law of Creation. You can find it on my website, brooksnow.com. It's really awesome. And it goes into a lot of detail about how to use this power in your life. I also feel so strong about this that I include it in my biography. It's in the author bio of my book. It's in the bio that I submit for when I speak and teach at events. Now, this bio is only four sentences long. The first three sentences get give insight into who I am and what I do. And the final sentence states, she believes that all people can change and that we hold the power to create the life we want. A big part of what I do as a teacher is help people learn to speak Onish so they can create the life they want and become who they were created to become. And as we learned last week, that language, that Onish language is a whole lot easier to speak if we are taking care of our basic needs. If you've gotten enough sleep, you've had good nourishing food to eat, you've moved your body and you physically feel well. The next step to speaking Onish is changing your language and the way you talk about things. Did you know that the words you use really do create your life and how you see things and how you feel about things? Use good words. They create your experience. Years ago, I was introduced to the work of Japanese scientist, Dr. Masaru Emoto. His work was all about studying water. He had heard that no two snowflakes were identical, and he wondered if the same was true for water crystals. So he developed a process where he could freeze water to form a water crystal, and then he could photograph it. He could study it and see what it looked like underneath a microscope. He tested tap water from around the world, and he found that tap water does not form water crystals. Stagnant or polluted water does not form water crystals either. Instead, it forms unpleasant, deformed, frozen structures. However, rainwater and water from clean streams and rivers and water from glaciers and water from holy places around the world that water would form beautiful crystals when it was frozen. Then he wondered if we, as human beings, can change the nature of water 
So he tried many techniques to test this. Dr. Emoto found that if he played beautiful music in the presence of tap water, remember this was the water that didn't form crystals. If he played beautiful music in the presence of tap water, it would then make beautiful frozen crystal formations. He also learned that the written word changed the water. This, this is amazing. <laughs> Dr. Emoto, he would tape paper strips on bottles of water and then photographed the frozen water. He found that if he would tape words like thank you and words like I love you, it caused the tap water to form beautiful crystals. Contrast that with words such as you make me sick or you are a fool. When those words were taped to the bottles of water, it caused ugly, distorted crystals or no crystals at all. Dr. Emoto then found that we can cause tap water to form beautiful frozen water crystals simply by praying for the water and by sending it loving thoughts and by blessing it. Isn't that totally amazing? I, I love his work so much. I bought his book. You can see all the photographs. I will link to a few of the YouTube videos where you can see the photographs of these experiments for yourself. I am just amazed by this. Our words, even words that are just written on a paper, change water. And it's interesting to note that our own bodies are made up of 50 to 75% of water. Do you think the thoughts you have in your head make you feel a certain way? How about the words that you say and how you talk about your life? It literally, on a cellular level, changes how you feel. And how you feel influences your behavior and your behavior brings results. If you'd like to test this for yourself, there's an amazing experiment that you can actually do at home with rice that proves the same thing. And it's an amazing science experiment to teach your family about the power of words. What you do is you cook up some rice and you divide it into three glass jars. On one jar, write the word love. On another jar, write a derogatory word, maybe something like hate. And you leave the third jar blank and you have rice in all three of these jars. And then just let it sit and watch what happens over the course of a week. I still need to do this at home with my family, but the YouTube videos that I have seen, and I have friends who've done this and they say it, it is amazing. <laughs> the love jar of rice stays fresh for a long time. The hate jar of rice quickly goes black and moldy and the blank jar of rice also goes bad. I'll link to some of those videos in the show notes if you want to see it or try it with your own family. But isn't, isn't that experiment amazing? It so powerfully illustrates the power of our words. Use good words. They create your experience. So how are you talking about your life? How do you label things? What words do you use? If you were to metaphorically tape the words you typically use to talk about your life, if you were to tape those on your body, what would they be? And probably most importantly, what kind of water crystals do you think they would form? A few years ago, one of my obsessive hobbies was following interior design blogs. I love interior design and home bloggers make it so fun to follow along and see their before and after projects and renovations. One blog I followed announced to the world that they were selling their home and they were going to move to another state. 
They had bought a fixer-upper, and we would all get to follow along as they fixed up their house. This gal was so creative that I was really excited to see how she was going to transform this ugly, dated, and dirty house into something spectacular. But something interesting started to happen. Instead of her vibrant and fun posts of little projects, she started to write about everything going wrong with this fixer-upper. The city was holding them up on permits. The basement had all sorts of problems. Their land nearly got condemned. Every setback you could imagine was always happening to them in this project. And of course, it all cost them more money. Instead of calling her house their home, she started calling it the money pit over and over and over again. It wasn't the house. It was the money pit. The contractors were causing problems. The city kept coming back with more and more regulations they needed to fulfill. The money pit was living up to its name. Now, because of all the research and all the practice I have done in mindset and in speaking ownish instead of victimese, I saw the writing on the wall as soon as she named her home the money pit. How could it be anything else <laughs> if she was constantly affirming how draining it was on their family finances and on their family happiness? So I did something I absolutely do not recommend you do. <laughs> and I wrote her a nice email and told her how I loved all the work she did on our last house. And then I expressed my concern at how she was talking about the new house. And I told her she might want to consider changing her language. And I included a little link to Dr. Moto's fascinating videos that she could watch that explained the science around the words we use and the effect that they have in our life. I thought that I had done a good deed <laughs> and really helped her by pointing out how she was being a victim and basically intensifying all these problems because of how she was talking about it. So any guesses on how that went over. <laughs> Let's just say I have since learned to not give my advice unless asked for it. <laughs> People who are deep into speaking victimese definitely don't want to hear you speaking Onish at all. They're different languages. and <laughs> It's really hard to communicate when you're speaking something different. The next thing I knew, she had photoshopped her face on the old 80s movie cover called The Money Pit, starring Tom Hanks and Shelley Long, to drive the point home even further to her followers that this home was wrecking havoc on their lives. It seemed that my email pushed her further away instead of causing the enlightenment that I had hoped for. This experience is probably why I made sure to talk last week about when we take care of our body first it's easier to take care of our mind. Chances are she probably was short on sleep. She probably wasn't eating great since her kitchen was a construction zone. And even the basic needs like shelter were not in place the way that she needed them to be. I totally get it. Nobody wants to hear that they just need to think positive thoughts and change how they talk when they are in that really needy place, when they are in victim mode. But that being said, it also doesn't mean that we have to wait until our basic needs are functioning at 100% to start working on our mind either. We can do both simultaneously. 
The way you speak influences what you are creating in your life. When God speaks, he creates. Everything follows his command. We too are creators. The words we speak influence how we feel and how we see. And how we feel and how we see our circumstances will influence our actions. And actions bring our results. Use good words. They create your experience. My son came home from church one Sunday and he told us all about how his Sunday school teacher had nicknamed one of the boys in his class, Trouble. (laughs) Every week the teacher takes one look at this boy and he says, here comes trouble. My husband looked right at me with wide eyes because he knew what I would say in response to that. That teacher, my friends, is asking for trouble. (laughs) Literally, names are powerful. Words are powerful. Even in the scriptures, we find story after story where the name of a person has great significance. Do you know what the longest name in the Bible is? I think, I hope I say this correctly. Mahershala Hazbaz. (laughs) This is actually the name of the prophet Isaiah's son. But most importantly, do you know what this name means? It means, hurry to the spoils. He has made haste to the plunder. His name was prophetic of the impending destruction of Samaria and Damascus. Can you imagine being his mother or father? And every time you call your child, you're basically saying, doom is coming. (laughs) And just as surely it did, the prophecy of his name came to pass. Use good words. They create your experience. Now, we're all smart enough to name our kids good names, right? (laughs) But how often do we name the things in our life with similar impending doom? When I was engaged to be married, it really surprised me how many people told me how hard marriage was instead of telling me how wonderful it was. When I was expecting my first baby, people did the same thing. They told me how hard motherhood was more than hearing how great it was. My dear friend, Davina Fear, recently shared a story on her podcast, and I'll link to this in the show notes. She is super fabulous. She described her struggle with infertility and being so excited when she learned that she was expecting twins. Having never had two babies at the same time before, she decided to go to a local support group for parents of multiples. And she recounts how everyone in the support group talked about how horrible and awful the first year with twins was. She left the meeting disappointed that she did not receive support that she hoped for. But more importantly, she made a decision right then and there that she was going to have an amazing first year with twins. It was going to be the best, most wonderful experience. And guess what? She did. I'm absolutely certain that one of the key factors in her enjoyable experience with newborn twins was because she talked about it like it was amazing. It doesn't mean she wasn't still tired and up at night and doing all the things any new mother does, but she was so determined to have a different experience and make it amazing that she talked about it like it was amazing. Use good words. They create your experience. Our words have such a powerful effect on our feelings. 
that they can either keep us stuck or help us break out. So you're ready to make this practical. How can you actually start to move from speaking victimese to speaking ownish? How can you change your words to reflect the life that you want to have? While attending a Kirk Duncan conference a few years ago, he talked about the power of words and how they keep us stuck or help us get free. And he took a moment and he sketched an image and I want to help you kind of create this in your mind. So I'm going to describe it for you. He simply drew a circle and then he drew a line at 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock and nine o'clock, 12 o'clock. It's at the very top of the circle, right? This represents you being on top of the world. This is when things are going great in your life. You're progressing, you have vision and hope for the future, and you feel content and happy with your ability to handle life around you. Now we're gonna go down to three o'clock. This is like stage two. This is when things start to feel a little off balance in your life. Things start to slip in your routines and maybe in your attitude. It's just not quite as good as it was before. Now, stage three, this is the fall. This is crash and burn. This is six o'clock on the clock. This is when life feels overwhelming and stressful. You feel the pressure of everything in life on top of you. This is where we start to say words like, I'm so overwhelmed. This is so stressful. <laughs> You may have, have a lack of motivation because it's really hard to move when you're at the bottom of the cycle, when the world is on top of you. Now, the next stage, this is nine o'clock on the clock. This is when we start to crawl out and we're digging our way out from the bottom. We, stay, we start to make small improvements. We put structure back into our life. Maybe we organize things again. We're trying to do the things that will help us get back on track or get back on top of the world. This is a continuous cycle that all of us go through. Sometimes the cycle can last longer and sometimes the fall can be further depending on what's going on in our life. We need to not only know that this cycle exists, but describe in our own words, how each stage of the cycle feels using your own words. Kirk was really adamant about identifying what language we personally use in each one of those stages. So for me, that bottom stage, that rock bottom, <laughs> that's when I start using words like overwhelmed and stressed. That's my language. And it's important to use your own language for each of these stages. You want a really interesting exercise to do, just draw the circle, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock and nine, describe what language you use when you are in each of those four stages. Now the magic of describing each of these stages in our own words is that it gives us a huge warning and it gives us a language to recognize when we're in that stage or when we're headed to the next stage. He promised us passionately that if we start saying things like I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, or I'm not motivated, that if we aren't already in that rock bottom stage, that we will be within a day or two because our body knows the pattern. Our body knows the words that take it to that place. Now, the cool part is that he said, once we've defined each of these stages, we are listen up. <laughs> we are never, ever, 
ever to speak the words that go with stage two and stage three again. As a reminder, stage two is when you're getting off balance and stage three is when you're at rock bottom. He says we're only supposed to speak the words that go with stage one when you're on top of the world and stage four when we're trying to get back to the top of the world. Now to be clear, this is not false optimism and it's not avoiding reality. Instead, it's a strategy of getting your subconscious mind to skip to the end of the cycle where you get back to the top instead of dragging things out and having to go through all of this. We wanna skip that part. We wanna continually get back to the top instead of having to go through that long, not so fun process. Would you like to skip the whole rock bottom stage? I know I would. <laughs> Do you want to shortcut it so that it doesn't drag out so much? I think this is such a fun and cool way to be able to do that. Be aware of the words you use. Only speak the words at the top of the world or that you're getting back. Things are looking up. <laughs> Things are always looking up or they are up. <laughs> I remember reading an article by Ann Voskamp a few years ago and she shared how she had stopped using the word overwhelmed and instead she replaced it with the word amazed. Life is full sometimes. Life is crazy sometimes. There is a lot to be done. But saying you are overwhelmed feels different in the body than the word amazed. It's likely forming a very different water crystal, right? To be amazed by something recognizes how big it is, yet it is full of wonder and gratitude. Friends, I'm not perfect at this, but I've come a long way in the past several years of using good words. I try to speak ownish instead of victimese, and it feels completely different. There are things that I never say now. I do try to affirm the positive and speak words of what I want to create. Even if my environment is challenging, I have the power to change how I feel by changing how I speak. And when we speak different, we see different. The mountain, the mountain can be overwhelming or it can be amazing. Life can happen to you or you can create your own experience. You're probably familiar with God's invitation to let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. The Greek meaning of the word virtue is power. Let power garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. Think powerful words, speak powerful words. Why do you think the Lord invites us to do this? Because our words create, our words create our experience and our life. Use good words. They create your experience. They can be full of power or they can destroy. They can form beautiful water crystals or instead they can form something deformed and misshapen. Imagine what your life can be like when those words have power. Imagine what you'll feel like when those words take shape and they form inside your body and your spirit. Imagine how life feels better when you speak about it better. Imagine how life feels when you name the people or the challenges in a way that builds instead of breaks. Imagine your life using good words and look forward with faith. 
Do you listen to these episodes and love what you hear and wonder where to start? I invite you to take my Christian meditation 40 day challenge course. Meditation is my most important practice of the day. And I use it for so many things, including using good words. Meditating with a mantra takes this concept to a new level, inviting you to repeat those good words over and over. Imagine what happens to those water crystals in your body, my friends. You hear me preach over and over the importance of the small and simple things in our life. And this one habit has changed my life. It's small and simple, but it's huge at the same time. The key is consistency. That's why I love that this is a 40 day challenge. Challenge is to do it for 40 consecutive days, starting a new habit, but even more so being consistent with it. It can be tricky. This is why I offer every student a free buddy pass, allowing you to handpick your own friend or family member to take the course with you. You get your own accountability partner and you both do the challenge together. Two people start a new empowering practice instead of just one. If this is calling out to you, I invite you to register at the link in the show notes or find it on my website at brooksnow.com. You can do this. I am speaking good words to your heart and soul. I am cheering you on.